If you want to support, if this ministry has been a blessing to you in any way and you intend to support and you just, you're responding by saying, hey, you know what? I love this. Con- I love the content. I love this ministry. I love what it does. I support this ministry. Support us by becoming a patron, y'all. Patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Patreon.com slash Isaac, I-S-A-A-C-F-R-E-R-E. Isaac Frere. Support us on Patreon. Also, if you can't support us on Patreon, but you'd love to stay connected with our community, please join our Discord community. Discord.gg slash Opus Frere. Discord.gg slash O-P-U-S F-R-E-R-E. Join us on Discord. We got a community there. It's lit out there. They're lit right now because we're live right now on Discord. Hold on. Let me let me get my Discord people up there. Look at that. It's lit right now, okay? You can't put memes on TikTok and IG, but you can put memes on Discord. Also, I want to say this. That's for some of you. You might be saying, man, like we don't do the reading rant anymore. What happened to that? No, we're still doing it. We're just doing it on Discord, okay? So I want to encourage you guys. Join us on Discord. And afterwards, even when I get off, you can still connect with us. Stay connected with us. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Okay. So join our Patreon and join our Discord community and also text us. So after a lot of our reading rants, I share a word of encouragement to you all. And if there are ever any updates, I mean, I've been banned on TikTok a couple of times. I've been hacked on IG a few times. As a matter of fact, I got hacked on IG and I'd lost my previous IG profile, which is why it was changed to Opus Frere. So I want to encourage you guys to join us on IG as well. By the way, guys, we're about to hit 200,000 followers on IG. Isn't that crazy? 40,000 subscribers on YouTube, 200,000 followers on IG. And we're at 780,000 followers on TikTok. It has been crazy what the Lord has done through this ministry. And I want to thank everybody who supports, who shares, who, who, who gives, all that. Just click the link in the bio and you can find ways to support what we do. Today, we are going to commit to the reading rant. Also, I want to say this. Even if I'm not on TikTok and IG every day, I am on Discord every day. So I want to encourage you guys, join us on Discord. It's a little bit less rambunctious there, right? I mean, y'all know how IG be getting sometimes. IG just be getting, or TikTok just be, IG's, IG behaves, okay? It's TikTok that be getting real, real hot. I don't, I don't get, I don't get it, man. Y'all, y'all just, y'all always come in for me, okay? But uh, my Discord fam is, is they're, they're cool. I love them. That's my family right there. That's 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 my church right there. So I love y'all. And I thank you guys for being a part. And yes, we're at over 700 on Discord now. So look at that. So our Discord community is growing as well. So anyway, with that being said, I want to uh, engage in a moment in the reading of the word uh, with you all. As you guys know, my commitment is to journey through the entire Bible with you. And what we do here is a meditational reading. We call it read and rant because I have nothing prepared. I'm just going to rant after this. Uh, Lord, help us. Sometimes I get off the rails. Sometimes I behave. Some A lot of times I don't. Uh, but we just go with, with where the Lord leads us. And that's really what we want to do. We want to spend time to meditate on the word. And really, this is an opportunity for you guys to eavesdrop on my journey and, and and I hope that this would be an example to you all as you guys continue to journey through 
uh, the, the, the scriptures that yes, it's good to do Bible study. And we do that by the way on discord as well on Sunday nights. So please again, you'll notice I'm going to keep bringing that up. We do it on Sunday nights, but we also, um, we, we, we don't want to just do Bible study, but we also want to spend time where we just read through scripture. Let the Lord speak to us in the scriptures. And so that's what we do. We posture ourselves to receive from God and we also read through the entire scripture because I believe that when you read the whole thing, you get to really know what it actually means, what the scriptures are actually saying, not based on what somebody tells you that the scriptures say. And so that's why we're here. With that being said, we're going to um, journey through the book of Luke. We just we finished Matthew, Mark, and now we're in Luke. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. And we're going to ask three questions as we spend time in the reading of the word. We're going to ask God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question. The second question is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? That's it. Just posture yourself to receive from God today. With that said, we're going to get into prayer and we'll get going. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we trust in you. We trust in your word. We trust in the promises. We trust in everything that you've said. So, Father, today as we spend time, Lord, in your word, we pray, Lord God, that it would inspire us to know you, to know your heart, to know your will, and Lord, that we would discover who we are in it. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go. Luke chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. Side note, you could tell this is a doctor that wrote this. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered to them, to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. There were in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zecharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughter of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of his priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah, Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor drink strong drink. And he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. 
Hmm. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now, after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. Now, it was the sixth month of the angel Gabriel. Sorry, it, now it was the sixth month. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be, and sorry, and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, a maidservant, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the meeting of Mary, that the babe leapt in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out loud with a voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ear, the babe leapt in the womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed 
for there will be fulfillment in of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant for, for behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had showed, shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise a child. They would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. And they said to him, there is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. So they made signs to his father what he would be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying his name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept silent in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now, his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us. In the house of his servant, David, he has spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge and salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Chapter two. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place in Quirinius. Sorry, while Quirinius, sorry, was governing Syria. 
So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. <laughs> now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a, sa a savior who is Christ the Lord. And there will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the sayings which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, when the days of the purification, according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed the Lord and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you are prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken to him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through his own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Hmm. 
Verse 36. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and, sorry, she was of great age and lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow for about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to him to all who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast, and they had finished the days. As they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was, that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Jerusalem and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. <clears throat> I'll read one more chapter. Why not? <laughs> chapter three. And then we'll, we'll chop it up. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being the governor of Judea, Herod being the Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip Tetrarch of Eturia, and the region of Trachonitis, and Licinius, Tetrarch of Abilene, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness and went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough ways smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of god then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves we have abraham as our father for I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. 
And even now, the axe is laid to, root, to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Then tax collectors also came to be baptized, and he said to them, Teacher, what shall we do? He said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed to you for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely, and contend and, and be content, sorry, with your wages. Now, as the people were in expectation, and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chafe he will burn with unquenchable fire. And with many other exhortations he preached to the people. But Herod, the Tetrarch, being rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, also added this above all. Then he shut up John in prison. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also, give me one second. When all the people were baptized, verse 21, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son and you, I am well pleased. Now, Jesus himself began his ministry about 30 years of age, being as he was supposed, the son of Joseph the son of Heli, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jana, the son of Joseph, the son of Matathai, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Math, the son of Mathania, sorry, Mathathia, the son of Shimei, the son of Joseph, the son of Judah, the son of Jonas, the son of Ressa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosim, the son of Elmodam, the son of Ur, the son of Joseph, the son of Eliezer, the son of Joram, the son of Matath, Mathath, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonan, the son of Eliakim, the son of Meleah, the son of Manan, the son of Matatha, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salmon, the son of Nashon, the son of Amminadab, the son of Ram, the son of Nezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Serug, the son of Reu, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enosh, 
the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. We're going to stop right there. <clears throat> yes, it is interesting how he goes backwards. Um, it's interesting how he presents the genealogy. And for those of you who have been reading with us throughout the scriptures, and you've been reading with us from, as, from the Old Testament, we read through the entire Old Testament, and now we're reading through the entire New Testament. If you've read through the entire Old Testament, these lineages would have sounded familiar to you. You would have read about these lineages in the book of Kings. You would have read about these lineages in the book of Numbers. And what Luke does in his, in his brilliance is Luke pieces it all together for you so that you can see the fulfillment of the promise of Israel. What Luke is doing here is Luke is providing a treatise. He's writing a letter to Theophilus, a gospel, the good news, the message to Theophilus. And he's articulating the story of the life of Jesus, chronicling it for him so that he can point to how the ministry in the life of Jesus is evidence of the fulfillment of the promise of Israel. Recall that what we said was that Jesus enters into a critical point in history. Jesus enters into, um, uh, you can call it a, 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 an intersection, a crossroads, the intersection of the tension of the Roman Empire and the hope of Israel the hope of Israel being the promise of God. And so we see that at that intersection and what, if, if you've got the intersection and kind of, you know, it, it crosses vertically, we see the mission of God and the plan of God and how God inserts himself into that point of intersection. Um, Dr. Luke is very, very meticulous, right? In how he articulates the story in the life of Jesus. And he does this in a way to provide an apologetic for the, the doubters of his time. He writes this to help articulate to them how the life of Jesus points to the promises, the hope of Israel regarding the promises of what Israel believed about what God had said to them. Israel had a hope in their restoration, but Israel also finds themselves under the captivity of the political elite, the Roman power. And not only that, of course, you have also the other powers. You have the, um, the power, the powers over the kingdom or over the province of Judea, King Herod. You have the other kings who all, which, as you notice in the scripture, have shown themselves to be evil. And so Israel faces this reality that even the ones who represent them are not those who would have been the messianic leaders that would have brought the restoration and redemption of Israel. These guys were self-centered. They were evil and they did not obey or follow the law. That is the law that Israel um, was commanded to follow. And so they weren't reflections of the leaders that um, 
that would have been the Messianic leaders to draw them out. This is really a story of how Israel is an example of the human condition. And so we see here, yeah, the doctor's language is a little different, very different, really, in, in a lot of ways, in how he delivers it, right? Um, Matthew and Luke, that's right, Mary, Matthew and Luke, um, they're giving you the same story, but man, completely different deliveries. Now, Matthew is focused on the fulfillment, right? We, we talked about this, how Christ fulfilled the promise. Luke is focused on the person who is still questioning, the person who's still doubting, the person who isn't entirely sure, right, about what this Jesus is about. And what he does is he meticulously presents it in a way for that particular individual to say, you know what? I may question a lot of things about Jesus, but it's hard to question and to doubt how the life and ministry of this man doesn't point to something greater, doesn't point to a greater plan and a greater mission, doesn't point to there must be a God who is behind this. He's showing that this series of events that have happened in the life of Jesus is not by happenstance and is not by accident. This is all orchestrated by some greater intelligence. Luke is very, very meticulous with that. Um, Luke is, and um, he's a he's a thinker. Um, Luke is a scientific man. He knows how to speak and to think for that particular demographic and for those particular people. And that's who Theophilus really represents here. Theophilus is a friend of God, right? Dedication to Theophilus. The word Theophilus literally means friend of God. And so he's writing this to show how Israel's story is the beginning of all story. Not only does it reflect all of humanity, but it is the beginning of the story of how God restores humanity. And so <clears throat> we, we see that here, and he presents the genealogy. Of course, he presents the paternal genealogy, and he does it in a backwards way to show that from Jesus, it dates all the way back to Adam, and he shows how through all the genealogies, it dates back to Adam. I, I could do a Bible study all day. I mean, we can break down just the genealogies. That's a Bible study in and of itself. The baptism is a study in and of itself because what Jesus does is Jesus completely shatters not only uh, John's perspective of baptism, but the whole purpose of baptism. What's good, Sam? What's happening, brother? The whole purpose of baptism, because before um, baptism was uh, the washing. It was the purification for those who weren't Jews to become Jews. So the practice of baptism was for the unclean to be clean. And of course, um, they found what John's ministry was to be profoundly, um, uh, to be profoundly, what's the word I want to use? Uh, goodness gracious. Um, not contradictory. Man, I don't know what's going on with me today with words. Controversial. Thank you, Josh. Profoundly controversial because what John did was he was baptizing people who the Jews would consider already clean. You're already a Jew. And if you're already a Jew, then why would we be baptizing you? And yet John's baptism was a preparation. John's baptism was a new purification. 
And of course, you know, the Sadducees and the scribes and the Pharisees found this to be very offensive because Jews shouldn't be getting baptized. But now you've got the strange man in the wilderness over here baptizing people. And so John was baptizing in preparation for the kingdom, in preparation for Christ who would come. And so, of course, those who saw him preach thought that he was the Christ, but he made sure to point to them that he was not the Christ, but rather there was one who would be greater and mightier than him. And so John then says that he's the one who I'm not even going to be worthy to strap on his sandals. And then this guy shows up in verse 21 while everybody's being baptized. And then he then asked to be baptized. This completely wrecked even John's understanding of the baptism. So from the Jewish understanding of the baptism to now John's understanding of the baptism to now we see that Jesus is reinstituting this new baptism, the new purpose of the baptism. And of course, the Holy Spirit comes down. I'm not going to get into all that. I'm not going to fall into a debate on all that. I'm just presenting to you how Luke is presenting this story. And then, of course, we see all the meticulous details of the story, even of the earlier life of Jesus. Luke provides us more than anybody else about the early life of Jesus. We see uh, Jesus days after he was born, his circumcision. And then we see how Jesus in his pre-teens has completely shocked and, and, and just baffled the teachers with his wisdom and his insight, how he grew in, in wisdom and he grew in strength in the spirit. This is a 12-year-old, y'all. And of course, you know, after they had gone to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, they're heading back home. Jesus has gone for three days. Just imagine for a moment that you lose your firstborn child for three days. Just imagine the stress. Like, just imagine the stress that these parents would have experienced for those three days. Sitting there, looking around, not sitting there, sorry, running around, going about the city, looking for their firstborn son. At this point, they probably thought he was dead and gone. Again, there's an image there. After three days, another conversation for another day. <laughs> and they find Jesus in the temple. <laughs> and they just lost God. <laughs> We just lost God. <laughs> they find him in the temple. Shocking. The teachers. The teachers are amazed, flabbergasted by the wisdom of Christ. By the wisdom of Jesus. And of course, mom and dad come running in. They barge into the service and they pull Jesus out and they say to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And here's the part that I find really, really interesting. In verse 49, he says to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And here's the part that really, really bad, that, that really should bring many of you, uh, to, it should bring a lot of you to attention here, is that he says right there, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. We know the verse before, but it's the verse after it, the verse 50, that I want to bring to your attention. 
they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. This is the part that really gets me. As I'm reading this text, and I'm just going to read it from an angle that maybe some of you haven't, but this is the beauty of reading a text over and over and over and over again, is you see different angles, different facets, different vantage points, different perspectives. It's powerful when you think about it. But just check this out, just, just for a moment. Just check this out for a moment. You've got a people who've been hopeful for this coming kingdom, for this Messiah, they have their ideas for who this Messiah would be and for what this Messiah would do. But these people aren't the most impressive people. Mary is not the most impressive person. Zacharias was a priest, maybe respected in his town, but not a revered person among the Jews. Mary comes out of poverty. Joseph is a carpenter. These people aren't the most impressive people. These people are from the hood. Just, 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 just pay attention here. This is a pastor from the hood. Preacher from the hood. A mother from the hood. And now she's married out of wedlock. Conceives of the Holy Spirit of a child. This is the Jewish hood. Pay very close attention now. And we have the, and, and so we see the story as it unfolds of an unimpressive, not the most educated, not the most brilliant, not the most knowledgeable people. And then they go to Jerusalem, which is at the pinnacle of Jewish culture and Jewish thought. Just pay very close attention to this family because it's so important. There are no names in the capital city. And yet we see so many things unraveling and unfolding here. Like the whole trajectory of humanity is changing. The history and the story of humanity is shifting. And it's happening underground. Like it's happening underground with a bunch of unimpressive people who have no position, no renown, and people take no regard from. Shepherds. Shepherds out in the hood watching sheep get the news. You would think that if the Messiah was coming, if the, the king who would bring the kingdom that would restore all king kingdoms was coming, like the one who would make all things right and make all things new, the one who would take away the sins of the world, the one who would bring righteousness and justice, the one who would make it all right. That was our prayer yesterday in Discord, right? The one who would make it all right. If the one who would make it 
all right was coming by good by God he should be on CNN we should put him on Fox News he should be on MSNBC he 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 should be this should be this should be in Forbes magazine this should be in the newspapers the New York Times this should be in the New Yorker this should be all over the place the Messiah has arrived. The king has come to make all things right. Baby of the year. Yeah. Baby of the year. Pay very close attention, fam, because this is so important. It's the one thing that I'm, I'm reading, and this is the angle that I'm reading it at today, is I read this text, and I see a busy world. Just, just imagine for a moment everything we just read and imagine how busy the world is all around this. Like imagine how busy the world is all around the things that are happening right now. Imagine when Anna bears witness of Jesus, this old woman. The text tells us he's a, she's a woman of great age. The people of great age weren't the ones who were the most regarded not only was she a woman of great age, she was a widow. She was not of great or high regard. And yet this is who Jesus presents himself to. This, what is it? This is who Christ presents himself to. my wife, y'all, coming in here and disturbing our, our peace. <laughs> Simeon, an old man. Who are the people that society has very little regard for? It's the old folk, the widows, the shepherds, the poor, everyone who we would not be very impressed with. The carpenter, a blue collar worker, the janitor. These are the people who Jesus decided to announce his coming with and to come through. What kind of kingdom is this? What kind of king is this? When we talk about movements and revivals, we look for the people who are of highest regard, of most money. You know, young, beautiful, influential, great voice. impressive in stature. Those are the people who we regard. I'm getting there. Don't worry, fam, I'm getting there. The world is busy right now. Society, so many things happening. I'm pretty sure the Roman Empire has no, does not care about what's going on in Nazareth 
or Galilee. He doesn't care about what's happening in this moment. Yet God is shaping and instituting a movement from a very humble place. With a very humble people. Who have very humble beginnings. Like that, do you, do you understand what I'm saying right now? Because whatever it is you thought a move of God looks like, it's probably not the most impressive thing you would have seen. Like this kingdom of God that's coming to bring restoration and healing to all, this does not look like. This doesn't look like it. There's no pomp, no splendor, no trumpets, none of that. It's just, it's, it's, it's this. And it sounds so exciting to us because we know what it looks like on the other side. Like we know the rest of the story. We know the implication of the rest of the story. We know that. But fam, just, just, just sit here for a moment. Pretend like you don't know it for a second and just imagine what's happening right here. This is not impressive from that vantage point. This is not impressive. <laughs> and the people that he comes in with, that he comes through, the lineage that he enters from, this lineage of kings that now have become a people on the outskirts in Israel, out in Galilee, out in the boondocks. We don't, we don't, we sometimes forget the humble circumstances that Jesus is born into. <laughs> I say all this because we've heard the story before. We've heard John preaching baptism. We've heard all of that. We've heard uh, the story of John preparing the way. We heard the story of John baptizing Jesus. We heard the story of how the angel Gabriel came and visited Mary. We heard the story of how Mary visits Elizabeth. We, we've heard the story of Zacharias when he had received the word from the Lord. We heard the celebration of Zacharias. We heard all these stories before. We've heard all of this before. But the one thing I want to point out to you today is that in the midst of all of that, these unimpressive people don't even have a full understanding of the role that they're being, that they're playing a part of. Mary and Joseph hear Jesus say, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And the text tells us they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. You want to know why? Because they're so Jewish. They're so religious. So religious that they circumcised Jesus, presented him to the priests, 
Jesus grew in a, this is a deeply religious family. Deeply religious family. I mean, his cousin is the son of a priest. And not only his cousin, the son of a priest, Jesus is born and notice the practices that they perform all deeply, deeply religious, deeply Jewish. Their understanding has still yet to mature. And so when he says, do you not know that I've come about my father's business? I want you just to think about that for a moment. For them to say that they do not understand what Jesus just said speaks to how far they need to go to get to where Jesus accomplishes his mission. There's still a long way away. They're still a long way away from understanding Jesus. They're still a long way away from understanding the gospel. They're still a long way away. And yet Jesus has written his story through them. <laughs> we have so much that we're going to be unpacking in the next few weeks as we read through the book of Luke, because the book of Luke meticulously articulates this to show that there are those who will see this and who will read the story. And there's some powerful elements to the story. But the one thing that Luke reminds us of is how God does extraordinary things with ordinary people. And how God moves extraordinarily through people who don't necessarily have it all together. Who know it all. God is working a miracle, a miraculous thing through people who don't even have a full understanding. Even John, while he's filled with the Holy Spirit, doesn't even fully understand. If you recall the other narrative as John is Jesus presents himself before John, John's like, I need to be baptized by you. John doesn't even understand it. And John is being used powerfully through it. I say all this to say that there are a lot of us here. We think that our ignorance limits us. But it's our submission to his will, to what God calls us to do and calls us to be. This is, and then so some of you, it's, I, I don't have the education. I don't have, I don't have this full understanding. I'm not fully, like, I, I'm not fully versed in the Bible. I'm still trying to make sense of all of it. And there are those who will be impressed with the teachers who have such an impressive, deep understanding of the scriptures and the texts and all of that. God wants to use you and he wants to work through you. The question is, will you submit? And as busy as the world may seem with the CNN out there, with the MSNBC, with even the religious elites, let me tell you something right now. There are people in the church that still that need Jesus. There are pastors preaching on pulpits that need Jesus. There are people who are ministering that need Jesus. There are churches that are really good at being churches, but really they just follow personalities that need Jesus. And you may be looking at all those things and you may be saying, yeah, I can't be that. And I'm not that God didn't ask you to be that. 
the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he's dwelling among the least impressive people. And what I love is that all this is happening in a little bubble where while the world is busy, God's doing something special. There's a seed and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing. I'll say one last thing. As you read through Luke, and I hope this happened in the book of Mark, but now we're going to be reading it through the book of Luke. As you read through Luke, I hope you have a different perspective of the kingdom of God. I told you before, a lot of people preach gospels. Preaching the Bible is not preaching the gospel. Okay? Telling people what the Bible says is not preaching the gospel. Knowing the Bible is not the gospel. <laughs> the gospel is in the Bible. But knowing the, knowing the Bible is not the gospel. And what Jesus is doing is Jesus is fulfilling the promise to Israel to institute the, the kingdom of God and the good news that Jesus had to share was that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. And the kingdom of God has a lot to do with what's happening here than it has to do with what's happening when you die. The kingdom of God has a lot to do with what's happening as you're alive and living than what happens when you're dead. <laughs> and for many of you, I pray that you would be inspired as we read through the book of Mark on this journey through the text to see how God takes a people who are still deeply religious and begins to break them and break them and break them. But it's because of their simplicity, because of the simplicity of their mind that God begins to shape them and fold them. I believe that the next revival is going to be by simple people. We see the, we're talking about the Asbury revivals and I know everybody got something to say about the Asbury revivals right now. Ooh, the scribes and the Pharisees, man, they, man, they got a lot of things to say about that. <laughs> Questioning everything about it. What are they preaching? What are they, fam, just for a moment, do you not see that the Lord is doing something incredible through that? Do, do you not see that there's a movement happening and maybe what bothers you is that they're simple. They're not impressive. They're not, they're not the greatest singers, the greatest musicians. They're not the greatest preachers. They don't have the great social media influencers behind them. They don't have a great marketing plan and a marketing strategy. They're in a, they're literally out in Galilee. <laughs> Simple people. And maybe today what you need to know and to be encouraged by is that maybe you need to re realize and recognize that God wants to do something through you. But he wants your simplicity. He wants you to submit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you.
and to pour into you. You're already taking the first step. You're spending time in his word. You're not letting some other preacher or somebody tell you what his word says. You're spending time in his word. I'm just here to just, hey, I just want to take you to what the text says. I love y'all. I love you guys very much. And I look forward to going on this journey with you through the book of Luke. Get ready. Buckle up because there's going to be some work that God's going to do through this book. It's one of my favorite. Dearly Father, we thank you as we come before you today, Lord, and um, Lord, we're reading through this text, Lord. We see all these different stories, these different things happening, songs that are being sung, songs of praise, Lord, songs um, of gratitude, Lord God. And yet we see tensions in the text and we see even in your early life, as we're reading through this text right now, in your early life, Lord, how you're already shaping and how you already shaped and and molded and and began to change a people who were deeply religious and profoundly simple, and yet, Lord God, and some of which were were controversial, and yet, Lord, you stepped in the midst of that, Lord, in a very simple place, a simple town on the outside, in the outskirts, with a simple people, Lord God, to do an extraordinary thing. Father, thank you, Lord, for reminding us that you do extraordinary things with ordinary people. Thank you for reminding us that, Lord, you make impossibilities possible. Thank you for reminding us, Lord God, that, Lord, we weren't called to just sit back and receive, but, Lord, we were called to move and to get in action, Lord, because of the work you're doing in each and every one of us. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Fam, God bless you guys. Please make sure you text me, 954-231-1848, 9541848 also um subscribe to the podcast we're we're almost at 220,000 um downloads so now it's accelerating i i can't even i don't even know what to do with that it's becoming its own monster so please subscribe to the reading ramp podcast it's on spotify and itunes and if this has been a blessing to you in any way i want to encourage you also to support us become a patron Click the link in the bio. You'll see how you can become a patron or just go to patreon.com slash Isaac Frere, patreon.com slash I-S-A-A-C-F-R-E-R-E. Um, and also join our Discord community. They lit right now. That's why my face, if you notice my head is swiveling everywhere, it's because um, binge the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thank you. She got away. I appreciate that. Um, but yes, join our Discord community as well. It's growing. It's a place where you can stay plugged in. Um and uh, and I'm looking forward to the things that we can do through that platform. But it's just great to see a community just birth out of that. We got a family birthing out of that. So um, if you're looking for a church, not ready to plug in with people in person yet, plug in, plug in with them. They're, this is our church. I know some of you say this is my church <laughs> and I love it. And maybe one day we're going to finally all get to come together. Pray for us. OK, um, today we're meeting. We're going to a few locations uh, we need to find a spot. We're looking for a spot. And um, I haven't sent an email out, uh, but keep us in prayer, y'all, um, as we pray for a location. But I can't wait for September because we're always going to meet together. We'll set it up. We'll like book a restaurant or something and we'll just all come and we'll invade the city and um, and we'll serve together as well. We can look to do some outreach or some other stuff together. So anyway, I look forward to that. We will make it happen. Love y'all. 
God bless you guys. See you all.